I want to remind you that what is bhakti? And you should judge by your heart that whether you are hardly following the principles of bhakti or not. So, you know, in Srimad Dhagavad, definition of bhakti has been given. In other, also in this scriptures it has been given. But, see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu associate, Sri Rupa Swami has given the definition of bhakti, which contains all the previous definitions. definitions. And that is Anna I've done so many times, but still I am today reminding you what is bhakti. Arandya Maharaj explained in brief. 
The unbroken, uninterrupted cultivation of all endeavors of one's body, mind, and words, and also of sentiments of the heart, which are meant exclusively for the benefit of Sri Krishna, which are completely devoid of the slightest trace of any other desire, and which are not covered by karma, the tendency to perform reward-seeking activity, jnana, the cultivation of knowledge for the purpose of attaining liberation, and yoga, the cultivation of mystic power, dry renunciation, etc. Such a constant, unbroken cultivation of all endeavors of the body, mind, and words is called Uttama Bhakti. That's a definition. I should tell more. It's only yes, yes. more than this. Some explanation. Yes. Krishna, there is a speaker in the Prasadam Hall for all the children who want to compete with the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> so Srila Gurudev wanted me to give little explanation. So far we've explained the translation only. Now a brief explanation. The verse can be divided into two parts. And then the second part. The first part defines the tatasta lakshan of bhakti, that means the extrinsic characteristics of devotion. It explains what devotion isn't. Whereas the second part defines the sort lakshan, the intrinsic characteristics of devotion, that defines what devotion actually is. So, first we look at that. The entire verse re re revolves around the word shilanam. Shildatu means a cultivation. So bhakti is not something static. It is not the gyan, knowledge, but it's kriyatmik, it's an activity. And so the shildhatu, this verb, refers to cheshtarup, uh, the endeavors that one performs, and also bhavarup or the concomitant emotions which accompany those endeavors. So when we examine the Cheshtamup aspect of Shilanam, we find that it has two parts. That is called the Nivriti Atma Cheshtarupa and Pravriti Atma Cheshtarupa. Nivriti Atma Cheshtarupa means that in Bhakti, we'll have to be very careful and make a conscious, energetic endeavor to avoid those things which are not favorable for devotion. 
Overeating, over endeavoring, speaking mundane things, uh, being greedy for worldly achievements and association of materialistic persons. Also, we have to be very careful to avoid things such as non apparat being inattentive at the time of chanting, and uh, ten other types of non apparat including Vaishnava apparat making offenses to other devotees, and Guru Avagya, uh, neglecting or disrespecting the spiritual master. All of these things, uh, because actually the three modes of material nature, they by force they engage us in these things, and therefore we have to make concerted, energetic effort to avoid them. So that's called Nivriti Atmakachasa Rupa, the endeavor to give up those things that, which will be detrimental for our devotion. Then, Pravriti Atmakachasa Rupa means to accept everything which is favorable. So that means, to always be enthusiastic, to be um, confi have confidence, faith in the words of Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, and to have patience if it takes some time and the result is not coming at once, to not lose our enthusiasm and confidence, even though some time is elapsing, this is called patience, etc. So these are the qualities whereby bhakti becomes successful. These will have to be accepted. So these two aspects are part of Chesta Rup called Sadhan Rup. And then the other aspect of Chesterup for endeavor is called Karya Rup. When, when one sadhan has become advanced up to the stage of Bhav, then all the activities such as Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, they're undertaken not as Indriya Vyapar or Indriya Prerana, activities instigated from the level of the senses, but rather hearing, chanting and remembering is taken up as a reaction to one's internal transcendental feelings. One's spontaneous love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Radha Krishna. So this is called the Karya Rup. Then if we go to the Bhavaru aspect of the word Shilanam, there are um, two parts. One is called Saibhav Rup and one is called Sancharibha Rup. This Saibhav Rup refers to the uh, emotions that one feels which are the foundational ecstatic mood of love. For Shri Krishna. It's a five types Shantadasya, Sakyavatsalya, and Madhurya. Neutral, a passive adoration, and superior to that, the mood of a servant, superior to that, the mood of a friend, superior to that, the mood of a parent, and the supermost emotion, the mood of a beloved of Shri Krishna. So, this is called the Sai Bhavrup. Within the ocean of the Sai Bhav, one is foundational ecstasy, some transitory assisting emotions like waves will rise and fall. That is called Sanchari Bhav Rup. There are 33 types of Sanchari Bhavs. So, all revolving around the word Shilanam is uh, the entire explanation of Bhakti for those in the stage of Sadhan, in the stage of Bhav, and also in the stage of Prey. So, Rupa Goswami Pad has written Krishna Anu Shilanam that this cultivation of endeavors should be not Shilanam, only a cultivation of endeavor, but rather Anu Shilanam. The word Anu indicates continuous, unbroken. So we can see to what degree we have progressed in pure bhakti by how much our absorption in devotional service is interrupted by things other than devotional service. And when the, our practices are uninterrupted, then it can be called Anushilanam. 
The word anu, apart from indicating nirantar jamai, continuousness, also indicates anugatya. That bhakti is an activity which is performed under the guidance of the one's superiors. Whether it's in this world, the conditioned souls in this world must take up devotional service, not independently, but under the guidance of a liberated spiritual master. If they're not under the guidance of uh, a liberated spiritual master, their activities, though they may be performing hearing and chanting remembering, they cannot be called uh, Uttama Bhakti. They cannot fit into the definition given by Rupa Goswami Pai. So, in this world, and also out of this world, in the eternal spiritual world, there we see that mm, all the Rati Manjari is under the guidance of Rupa Manjari is under the guidance of Lalita Sakhi is under the guidance of Radhika and all are serving Krishna. And therefore, the principle of Anugatya, or being under guidance, is universal and all-pervading in the spiritual world, and it extends down to this world, so we better get used to it here. <laughs> then, Anukoyayana Krishnayana Shilana. Uh, the word Anu, Krishna Anu, also indicates that devotional service is in connection with Krishna. So it may be uh, directly for Krishna, or for a person who is related to Krishna. So because the, the conditioned soul in this world it has not realized his relationship with Krishna, his devotional activities only become devotional when he performs them for the pleasure of a devotee who actually is established in a relationship with Krishna. So Srila Nathanda Stako said, Shri Guru Charana Padma Kevala Bhakati Sadhana. The repository of devotional service, there is an exclusive repository of devotional service. It is not available anywhere else. It is only available at the lotus feet of one's divine holy teacher, the spiritual master, Sri Guru. So, we come to the word Anukulyena. Anukulyena is sometimes taken to mean for the pleasure of Sri Krishna. But actually we find that this conception is, a mistranslation, is not complete. Why? Because in the pastimes of Krishna, we see that Madhushoda, sometimes she binds him with a rope, Sometimes she may just twist his ear and she may give him inflicts and discipline upon him, which at the moment, at that time, for Krishna, is something that he doesn't want. It's not something that's very pleasing to him. He, Krishna may weep and cry and have a tantrum or become, do some more uh, mischief in order to avenge the uh, discipline inflicted upon him by his mother. So we see that when the question comes, is the discipline inflicted by Mother Yashoda is it bhakti or not? It must be. Uh, even though it's not immediately pleasing to Krishna. So the word anupogyena uh, means practical bhav rohita. Devotional services devoid of any antagonistic mood towards Krishna. On the other hand, we see that Chanura and Mustika, the wrestlers of Kansa, they were fighting with Krishna, they were trying to kill him, and Krishna was really relishing that fight. It gave great pleasure to him. Yet the activities of Chandra and Mustika, the wrestlers, though it gave pleasure to Krishna, it can be called bhakti because it was not anukulyena, meaning practical bhagavata. It was not devoid of antagonism, but rather it was completely infused with antagonism. They wanted to kill Krishna. So, if we take the word anukulyena to mean for the pleasure of Krishna, then there would have been a defect in the definition of Rupa Goswami. One defect, that defect would have been Avyakti um, dosh, in other words, the definition is uh, too narrow 
and excludes things which are included in bhakti, such as the services of Madhya Shoda, or it would have been have been guilty of ativyakti dosh, the definition being too broad and including things which are not actually devotion, such as the um, the beatings of the powerful wrestlers Chanura and Mustika. So when bhakti is performed by body, mind and words and feelings of the heart, devoid of any antagonistic mood, continuously under guidance, uh, for the benefit, ultimate benefit and welfare of Krishna, this is called bhakti uttama. The word uttama means that this bhakti is uttama, above darkness. It's above the material world of the uh, property, the modes of material nature. So the word uttama bhakti indicates that there must be things, there must be a type of bhakti which is not uttama. So that is, when uh, bhakti is not uttama, that means the devotional activities are uh, mixed with the modes of material nature. So that is called uh, Arab Siddha Bhakti, Sangha Siddha Bhakti, and the, that's what Yes, okay, sir. Mm -hmm. so, in this way, on Buddha's order, we can include this brief discussion of the nature of Uttama Bhakti. Mm -hmm. You heard about this. Now you can judge yourself. Truly, you are following this bhakti or not? You know, Dhruva, he did bhakti. He meditated Narayan, Vaibha Prakash of Krishna. And he saw, he took darshan, given, but his bhakti is not. Because he has some anya vilas. And he has some worldly desire also. Some attachment to her mother, his mother. So not pure bhakti. In regard, we see Prasad Maharaj. His bhakti is pure. Visham Pitama. Pure bhakti. Sanak Sanandan Sanatan in first taste. Pure bhakti. But not Uttama bhakti. Pradhan Maharaj is Bhagavat. Uttam Bhagavat. For Bhakti bhakti, we take him. We must follow him. But for Raghav Yuga, giving regard then him, Pralat, Visham Pitama, Four Kumars, even Sukhdev Goswami in his first, first career. He will give respect, but keeping them aside. This is for then Uttama Bhakti will be. Otherwise, no. One thing also. Anukulena, he told so many explanations. Anu Nayam Pajivin. Anu Anugatti. What is the meaning of Anugatti? Can you say? Uh, what is it? 
Anugacha means to be completely under the guidance of the uh, spiritual master or one's uh, guide. Uh, also related to Sharanagati, that one is, has completely surrendered, one has passed the stage of Nishta and is entering the stage of Ruchi, taste for chanting. So this would indicate that one is... And then if a right to correct his Gurudev words, or Guru Understand? To co correct, to correct his words. Correct his explanation, correct his words, correct his writing, correct anything, has the right or not. I think it would depend on the circumstances. <laughs> I think it would depend upon the circumstances. No. If anything that you are not understanding, you can ask him. In what line? Oh, if I am qualified, then he will get Not more than that. Any disciple, if he thinks that I am more superior, more, I can think more, I know better than my Guru, then he is them. Really good. Before accepting Guru, he can think that whether he is qualified or not, first, at that time. And if he has accepted, then he should obey. He has no right to change anything of a good word. Then where is Anupulya? You know? Vyasdevaj Narayan, Shaktaveshavata. And Guru was who? Naradrishi. Naradrishi. He totally followed. Why I am sad he did that new? Oh Gurudev, you know. Why I am sad? Naradrishi did not wrote so many scriptures and other things. Just there, whereas divided four Vedas, made from the Sutra, Mahabharata, and so many, so many things more than Nar. So many Purans. Narth has done only Narth Panchara. But, oh, what his Gurudev told him was all right not to change, he had no authority. So we should try to follow Gurudev in this life. If any doubt comes, you can go directly and bearing very politely. politely you should ask. And he will go with your own thoughts. Always be careful, otherwise this is Namaparas. Second, always. We sometimes misguide, but our Shastra tells all these things. What is written 
We should try to understand all these meanings and follow. I come only to remind you. Don't be weak and try to follow all these things. And we should begin from beginning. I told you. 